Welcome to Marin Costello Radio, where we have intentional conversations with impactful people. Your weekly dose of motivation, inspiration, and entrepreneurship. Join me as we explore the ins and outs of building and running a business, interview leaders across all industries, and find the common denominator beneath it all. Welcome to Marin Costello Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we have such a special guest on the show today, my dear friend, Amy Dressen, who is actually sitting right next to me in the beautiful city of Tampa, Florida. Amy's passion for skin and beauty started at the age of 17 when she began working for one of the first med spas in her city. Many years later, as her career transitioned into med spa management, she observed the need to change the status quo and process that left clients with overcomplicated treatments and routines. When Amy's sister and co-founder Sarah decided to take the leap into aesthetic training, they took the opportunity to join forces and develop Maison Glow, a no-fail solution to maintaining your skincare treatments on a consistent monthly basis, simplifying skincare for all. Amy's expertise doesn't stop at Maison Glow. She hopes to take her experience into small businesses, mentoring and brand development. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Amy. Hey, Marin. Hello. It's really strange if you guys um, are watching this interview. <laughs> We're sitting next to each other, but looking at different screens. It's pretty comical. Um, so, Amy, one of the questions that we always ask on our show to kind okay. of talk about where our guests came from is what was little Amy like? Oh, little Amy. So little Amy, that's what was I like? So um, my I'm, I'm half Vietnamese. Um, my dad is actually a refugee from the Vietnam War, came here um, when he was about 12 years old into Oakland, California, where I was born. Um, Wait, I was born in Alameda. No, okay. no, I was born in Oakland. I was raised in Alameda. So my birth certificate is Alameda uh, County, but like, this is, this is amazing. Okay, continue. <laughs> this is why we do the interviews. So, um, and yeah, then my parents moved um, to St. Pete, Florida when I was pretty young. I was about five and I was raised here and I've stayed. I love it here. Um, little Amy is the oldest out of three girls. So I would say that I'm definitely a little bit more of like the organized type A um, person. And I've kind of always been that way. That's so funny. So we were both born in Oakland slash Alameda. We're both Hapa. So we're both like half Caucasian, half white, I mean, half Asian, yeah. essentially in yeah. a nutshell. And um, we're also the eldest. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The more you know, <laughs> this is amazing. Um, so what was your first experience with entrepreneurship? Oh, my first experience with entrepreneurship. Well, um, I feel like every time I'm doing something like something in my brain is going like, what could we do? Like, I'm always thinking about it. Um, I would say my first experience with entrepreneurship probably was in high school. Um, I definitely like at a young age, I remember I was dating a guy in high school and he, you know, didn't need to work. And I remember at 14, I was like, I want to get a job. I want to start working. I didn't really know that I would be an entrepreneur because I feel like that's a loaded term, but it's also I always very trendy. It's like very trendy. Yeah. I always knew that I wanted to work and I always knew I wanted to do something. So I just started kind of really doing that at a young age, even though I really wasn't required to. Um, and since then, I've just been hustling, doing everything. I love it. Honestly, same. But people were like, what did you want to be when you, when you were little? And I, I, just, I was like, I wanted to work. I wanted to work. I exactly. To work. I saw my parents working. I, you know, and then I just wanted to work. I just knew that at a very young age. I never felt fulfilled um, unless I was doing something. 
That's amazing. What was your first experience with skincare specifically? Skincare specifically, I would say, um, so I was about 17 when I was hired just like as a part-time in high school receptionist at like a very new concept at the time, which was a med spa. Now like med spa is a very common term, but then, I mean, a while ago, it was new. It was something you saw in Miami, something, you know, definitely not trendy in any sort of way. Um, and I started working there and like, that's when lip fillers were also extremely new. Botox was extremely new. Lasers were first generation. Um, and then I started, um, I ended up like managing that business and that was really my first experience with it. Wow. You work with your sister. I do. Yeah. You guys are business partners. We are amazing. So how do you manage that? So it's funny. I would say in most scenarios, everyone says to not do that. Um, however, it's really easy for us. It's extremely natural. Um, we both have kind of different personalities, so it works really well. She is the middle. I'm the oldest. Um, and she really goes with the flow. She's, um, she's honestly just a gem. She has really great ideas and she's more, she does more operational. So she's more service-based where I'm more like creative branding, marketing. Um, I'm also really, I I can speak easily where it's not her forte. So we balance each other. You do so well at um, speaking so candidly on social media. I mean, I feel like when I'm watching your your stories and stuff, I'm like, oh, I'm like in Amy's. I just like I'm talking to whoever. Living room with her. Like this is just like, you know, a little chat between me and you. You do such a great job. Did you you have any um, like acting classes growing up or like, where does that performative nature come from? No, I just feel like that is just literally who I am. I'm very extroverted. Um, I love to talk to people and I, I I don't know. I just love it. I'm, I'm, you know, today when, before I came here, my girlfriend said, Oh my God, what are you guys going to talk about? She was so nervous about this podcast. And I'm like, whatever. I don't know. She's like, really? Whatever. And I'm like, whatever. It's like all the things. All the, things. the funny thing about the show is that we always have, um, we always have questions that I want to ask, yeah. you know, and that we, that we, you know, ask our audience what we want, uh, you know, what we want our guests to know about. Um, but we always end up going on tangents. I mean, we- well, that's okay. That's like natural, right? That makes it feel, I mean, really like we're having a conversation, which is, you know, it's nicer than just being, you know, just the answer question format. Totally. I mean, that's the point. That is, I mean, that is what brings us together, you know, conversations, connecting, communicating. That's that's what it's it's all about. Before this podcast, we actually talked about something that was off limits. And I think that comes down to like, we have so much, we're so scared to communicate now Mm -hmm. um, for fear of like what it may be taken as instead of just like actually genuinely just having a conversation. And so it's nice to be able just to have conversations you know and just feel each other out that's how we learn you know that's that's how we grow it's I feel like that's one thing that being raised in my Pacific Islander family Mm -hmm. taught me was to be welcoming to like bring that family element into all my relationships and my friendships and I feel like you know I have friends from all different walks of life Mm -hmm. and I want you know, I have my own opinions and my own beliefs I also give myself permission to change my mind at any moment oh yeah and I just want people to come to me and feel like it's safe space for them to mm-hmm. speak on whatever they want to speak on. And yeah. I think that, you know, cancel culture is very dangerous and yeah. I do my due diligence in my personal life, but also on the show, you know, publicly to hold space for people and to have it be a safe space and 
and encourage people to speak their truth because that's ultimately what's going to get us forward. It's what's going to move us forward. Also, I think you're, I think you're completely right. It's also what like sets us free. I remember I have two kids, so I'm, you know, at the time I was fairly a young mom. I had my first, um, when I was like 22 and I remember feeling so out of sorts, like who am I? I just felt like I couldn't be who I was. I couldn't tell my truth. I was just, I didn't feel confident, which is so unlike me. Um, but I think it's because everybody puts you in like a box and you're supposed to stay in that box, you know, right. oh, you're an entrepreneur. Oh, you know, you, you, you want a jewelry company. You shouldn't be doing this. You should be doing that. Or you want a business. You shouldn't do this. Or you're a mother. And like, I don't like the boxes. So I feel like right now, the reason why we see so much cancel culture is because everybody wants you to stay in that box and you can't think outside of it. And I don't like that. It's so true. I mean, I Q, our producer, um, was really instrumental in pushing me. Cause I was like, I don't know. I'm the jewelry girl. Like, right. but I too, you know, innately really hate boxes and it was really, you know, transformative for me to even, you know, go on with the show or, you know, to, to jumpstart the show and realize, Oh no, like this is, the point of living we're supposed to experiment we're supposed to not be in a box you know we yeah. make choices and and it's okay for us to also make mistakes and move on and learn from them that's what makes us better as humans and share experiences because by the way if somebody would have told that 22 year old new mom that it was okay to have these feelings it was okay to you know not be part of that group or this group or say no to the play day or you know whatever it was if I could have heard that experience I would have felt better so, so how did general. you navigate that like where mm-hmm. did you go to to kind of you know seek guidance or seek groundedness in mm-hmm. those in those moments of being a, a young mom honestly I had to just go through it mm-hmm. I mean now i you know, it's easier to talk about, but like the first year I really kind of jumped around. I struggled with, you know, what I was allowed to wear, what is I allowed to say? I mean, it's so judgmental. Um, the community in general, you know, I don't know why as women we judge each other so much, but we do. And so it was like, oh, you know, she can't be the sexy mom or she can't be the trendy mom or don't say that. Don't say this. It was just difficult. And how I got through it, I eventually one day was like, I'm going to start saying no, and I'm going to start saying yes, you know, to the things that I feel strongly about, you know, I didn't want to lose my identity. And I feel like that's something that happened so much in not just motherhood, but anything you become a business owner and you, you know, just wash yourself down. So you don't create any complications. It's okay. If you want to post a sexy photo or whatever you want to do, girl, you should do it. I love that. You know, I love that. I found that one of the key, and I talk about this a lot on the show, that one of the key things that really helped me kind of give myself permission was going to therapy. I've been mm-hmm. knee deep in therapy for three years. Mm-hmm. It's a weekly practice of mine. It is, you know, up there with my skincare is yeah. self-care is my therapy. And yeah. so, you know, did you have any outlets like that? Or mm-hmm. this is something that you, that you did internally? So I did, I actually like really had a ton of anxiety issues Um, at that time. And I went through a lot of postpartum depression too, which I think a lot of moms do. And we're just now allowing these conversations to be normal. Um, And I did, I, I sought therapy. I, I would, you know, I really found, I was just talking to my sister about this. I found more therapy and talking to friends and family. And 
all of those people had different outlooks. You know, my mom would say this, my husband would say that, my sister would say this, my girlfriend would say this. Um, but just hearing all those little pieces helped me really like, you know, put it together. And I think that's what honestly helped me get through that. And, you know, my husband is super supportive and that was huge, obviously. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think if you need someone to speak to, you, you know, you should seek it a hundred percent. How long have you been married? 10 years. What is the secret? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Find a good one, I guess. Um, I don't think there is a secret. I think it's just, you know, wanting it and respecting each other and, and also allowing, I think that this is a big thing, allowing yourself to be yourself, like to not apologize for this is oh, just, just, you know, if it's how you are, just be that way. And your partner should love the good and bad about you. And so my husband's super forgetful and I'm not, I remember everything. And so we just joke about it. And sometimes it's annoying. You know, I'm like, I put that on your calendar last week. We talked about it this morning, <laughs> you know, we just, we know these things about each other. There are two tips. One from my um, auntie Chrissy and uncle mm-hmm. Eric who were on the show. Oh. Um, they, uh, my aunt is a, an author and an amazing mom. Uh, my cousin's autistic and she's devoted her life to, to raising him and to bringing awareness to the autistic autism community and, you know, solutions and things like that. And my uncle is a world-renowned surgeon. And so they said, if you love 80% of someone, Mm -hmm. you found a winner. You're not going to love 100% of someone. If you love 80% of someone, like that's a win. And my parents told me, they've been married for upward of 40 years. They told me that every day you wake up and you choose your partner. And they're like, you will go through the craziest stuff together. So many ups, so many downs. You have to constantly daily choose each other and commit to each other and it's a decision they said ultimately I mean they love each other so much but they're like it's ultimately a decision it's a decision and it's it's just like anything you do in life you choose you have to choose it right and if you don't choose it and I think it's harder now um being younger we are just bombarded with options all the time I'm so empathetic for a lot of my girlfriends who are still dating because it's like there are too many choices all the time. It's like the grass is the greener everywhere, everywhere. And everything is nothing. And everything is what it seems, you know? So I think it's, it's harder now. Um, just because I mean, you, if you go on a dating app in Tampa, there are so many beautiful people. <laughs> there are thousands of them, you know? And it's like, you just, you have the option just to swipe on people. It's, it's nuts to me. Cause I wasn't part of that. You know what I mean? I, oh, oh. I just, um, you know, I remember meeting my husband, he asked me out and I remember all the little things that I knew I wanted from life. And he, that's, we chose each other. It was like, oh, wow. You love this. I love this. You were raised this way. I was raised this way. I think that's really important too. That's amazing. So aside from your husband, what does your support and your sister, what does your support system look like? my support system. I have a really good group of girlfriends. Um, also I have a group group of like married friends who are married and have similar, um, marriages to ours. I think that's really important as well. Um, I'm, I find a lot within myself. That's probably just my personality, but I really don't need a lot from other people. I'm just, I find a lot within me. This you know? is such a basic question, but what sign are you? I'm a Gemini. I love it. <laughs> I love what about it. you? 
Scorpio. A Scorpio. Oh mm-hmm. my God. I always get along. So it's so funny. I think Scorpios and Gemini's always get along because we're always these like very um, animated signs and, you know, we're, we're extroverted. And um, one of my really good girlfriends is a Scorpio too. I love that. I love that. So in Maison Glow, mm-hmm. how many employees do you have? So right now we have about four. Amazing. Um, and we opened last July. So we opened the day we signed our lease, the day after we had stay at home. And now. <laughs> so it's been nuts. It's been a whirlwind. Literally, I signed my lease. And, you know, we all heard about COVID. But it was like so far away, you know, and we were like, whatever, whatever, make, you know, make light of it. And then literally all of a sudden it was like March 13th here in Tampa Bay area. They were like, mm, you guys stay home. We we're like, what? You just how, signed the lease. How long ago? Oh, I and mean, how long was that time period where you had to not yeah. be in the office? So we were, luckily we had to build out. So, um, and construction was still deemed like an essential service. So we just used that time to build out, which we had planned on anyway. And by pure luck, we only ended up being held up about a month from what we originally wanted to open. Um, and we opened, I mean, we did, took a risk opening because when things started opening here, people were, you know, kind of treading, you know, you didn't really know. Um, and then when they finally, they hit the, the beauty industry pretty hard, I feel, um, you know, hairdressers and, and, and a lot of beauty places where they allowed restaurants to open a little bit earlier. So when we were allowed, we did it. We just opened. We did our, we just did it. We had never had a grand opening, um, of course, because it wasn't the climate to do so. And we just did it. Was there any buildup of marketing that you did before? Yeah. What did your promotions look like before that? So it's funny. I was, um, the, my, my strategy, I was really quiet. I was really, really quiet. I bought all my domains. I did all my things and I was quiet. Um, I didn't do a lot of like coming soon. What I did do is I um, linked up with a local company here in Tampa Bay called the Candle Pour and they make candles. And I was like, okay, if I can't be, if someone can't be here with us and I can't be there with them, like let me find a way we can extend a feeling. So um, we literally did everything over email and phone, me and Dennis, one of the owners, um, and created a scent that would feel like Maison Glow. And then we just rolled out candles for like two months prior to opening. We're like, you know, if you want to support us, you want to know what we're going to be like, here's a little feeling of us. And so we made our signature scent and we did so well with it. That is a genius. It was crazy. We that is so absolutely, well. that is absolutely brilliant. Thank you. It was, it was like, I wanted it, I wanted to be part of something and I didn't want it to be too in their face. You know, I didn't want to like, it was such a stressful time. I just wanted to be like, listen, I just want you to have a little feeling of us. And yeah, we sold out of them and we would just drop them off at people's houses, you know, on the doorstep. And then um, when we opened and we now diffuse that smell always, and we always, you know, it's in our essential oil burners, it's in our candles. Um, so yeah, it's, I wanted to create like a feeling. I mean, it smells like absolute heaven when you walk in. Um, Amy was so sweet to host me a couple of weeks ago and I got to experience the Maison Glow lifestyle mm-hmm. essentially and it was spectacular I am now Thank a glow getter it's going to be a monthly it. thing that I do you know self-care is very high on the priority list for me um can you explain your methodology like mm-hmm. for those who might not know what is Maison Glow yeah. what is the experience what can people expect so what you can expect so like you had mentioned in my bio I think there are two types of spas we've all been familiar with med spa day spa right and 
there's nothing really in between. Um, it's a very new concept. You see it in bigger cities about, you know, a monthly membership for skincare. So I really started like tapping into that feeling. What you can expect is really just a luxurious experience for all. So I was just, I would hear so many girlfriends say, I went here, I went here, I did this, I did that. And it was $300, $400, but I don't know what to do next, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, that was, the, that is the problem. Consistency is key in everything, right? Business, you know, health, et cetera. So when you come in, you can just, it's going to feel like a very chic, simplified. Um, I really put a lot of inspiration from like South of France area, Um, Our brand is like this very light, calming blue. Um, My husband is Belgian, actually. So most of his family is in France and Belgium. So I have a lot of resources and just experience there. Uh, And I wanted it to feel comfortable. You know, a lot of times you go into a room by yourself and you're with your esthetician and that's great. You know, it's something that has been done. And, you know, I really like treaded on the whole, we have an open concept. So you're literally next to somebody else getting a facial. And I don't know how you felt, but most people are are a little, you know, it's, it's different when you walk in than when you're laying there, you really don't even know that you're in this open space. It's interesting because when I first walked in, I was like, Oh, open concept. Fascinating. Like, I wonder if I'm going to feel like I'm actually next to someone. And for me, it, it almost felt like going to the nail salon. Yeah. But in a capsule, but in a capsule and it, and it, for me, I was like, oh, I actually love this concept because mm-hmm. just like going to a nail salon, mm-hmm. it made, you know, the concept for me, at least of facials and skincare much more accessible and yeah. much more of like a, like a monthly routine, a regular mm-hmm. routine. Um, it's not as intimidating. No, exactly. You know? I would say more than 50% of our clients who've come in have one, have never had a facial. And I think that's a lot. I attribute that a lot to it's, it's intimidating. You know, you're like, you don't know if you're going to connect with that person. You're going to be stuck in a room there. It can be a lot, right. you know? And so that open concept was really important to me. I wanted it to feel just like, you know, like you're at the hair salon or like you're at the nail place or you're at a lash studio for some reason, facials haven't been brought into that type of space. So I was like, let's do it. Um, a lot of people still are like, what? you know, when I tell them, they just, I had to go outside of what's been done. And that's, you know, kind of how it started, really. I mean, it's genius. How long was Maison Glow a concept or an idea mm-hmm. before you started to really work on it? And then from that point, when you got mm-hmm. the domain and things like that, how long until you launched? Literally weeks. Wow. <laughs> Literally weeks. I, I was on a trip in DC with my girlfriend for her birthday. It was September prior. And I remember just seeing the skincare place and it wasn't the same concept, but it had this three, six, five at the end, like 365 days a year. And like, it just got my like brain moving. It's like three, six, five. Most people are doing like two facials a year, maybe one for their wedding or whatever, but like all the time. And then I just started like expanding on that concept and literally like just started talking about it. And so, so originally, um, it was Chateau Glow, not Maison. And there were a few other businesses with similar names. And I was like, you know, we really want to bring this. We, we want a franchise or potentially privately owned all over. And so I really wanted it to be like a name that, you know, no one else had. And so we came with Maison Glow. And from there, I swear we rolled. Like it was weeks, maybe days. So it was you and your sister. Who yeah. else was on the team of bringing it to life? That's it, That's really. It. Uh, um, I actually do. I have a 
she just literally does it part-time. She is in Arizona and she um, is like a web designer, graphic designer and found her on Etsy and literally just started talking. And like, I had met maybe like two designers before that. And I would say like, come up with a brand concept. And I would know at that moment, whether we were going to be able to work together. And she, she just got it. And like, since then, um, I mean, honestly, we haven't changed much. I did so much in the beginning to make sure it was just foolproof. I didn't, for me, I'm just, I'm not a half person. I wanted it to be brand. Like I wanted you to walk in and be like, it's just just like something that exists somewhere else. I wanted you to feel that. Right. And so I really made it have everything seamless, you know, the branding, the color. Um, So it was really important for me. It was literally weeks. I mean, everything from start to finish, just the experience was very, um, concierge like mm-hmm. I mean and everything is super branded you know your decor down to the tissue paper down yeah. to the you know the next appointment reminder card I mean everything was just so meticulously thought out um genius Thank have you. you always been hyper thoughtful I think so you know it's funny in my friend group and they can all attest to this like when it's somebody's birthday everyone's like what's the gift girl say and that's me <laughs> like I'm just one of those like very attention to detail people. It brings me joy. Like that's actually like what fills me up. And so brand branding is something that really I love. Um, and then that just went to skincare, which I also love. And Maison Glove. How do you organize yourself? I imagine you to be mm-hmm. a very neat and tidy person, mm-hmm. like as far as like your daily calendar and mm-hmm. also like the spaces that you exist in. How do you, how do you do organize that? yourself? Yeah. <laughs> It's funny, I'm very um, type A and I'm organized, but I'm not necessarily crazy about being neat. And I would say that's not been an always thing for me. My husband is the exact opposite of me. And so when we built a life together, I realized some things were important, some things weren't, you know? So I just try to keep things as organized as possible, but mostly I prioritize. So things that are very important, you know, and then I um, will look down and basically look down my list and say, okay, I need to get this done. This is important. This is important. And the rest, whatever. That a lot of entrepreneurs face in terms of everything in my life or just let's start with business first and then we'll talk about everything. Yeah, no, no, totally fine business first. Um, well, I prioritize with what needs to be done immediately. Um, and then I really do take like, like the beginning of the week, I'll kind of look at, look at everything I need to do and say, you know, I kind of usually start with the things I enjoy doing first. So I don't get burnout. And then I do the things I don't enjoy that much kind of towards the end. Um, I want to start my week doing something really exciting. So I'm always like, putting together some sort of marketing strategy or doing something that excites me. Um, because then it's like, all right, the week started. I feel good. I got something I really like done. And then the rest I kind of like do later. And then how do you organize your life with your, you know, your kids and Mm -hmm. your significant other and all of the things? Well, the first year for any business owner is very difficult. I spent a lot of time away from home and my husband is in a position where he was able to, you know, pick up, drop off, do all the things that I was doing before. Um, but honestly, it really just takes like disconnecting. So obviously I own a business with my sister and in the beginning, 
you know, I, we made a point to say, listen, dinners together when we're just spending family time, like we don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I genuinely don't talk about it. I don't talk about it with my friends. Really. I just keep it where it is. Um, it doesn't define me, I guess I would say it. It's part of my life, you know, and I love it, but it's not my whole life. So you made that decision before going into it, but Mm -hmm. say there was someone who was listening who, Mm -hmm where maybe the lines are blurred Mm -hmm. and they're yearning for that separation. Well, how would you advise that they do that? I would say, you know, time blocking is really important, you know, setting a time and really sticking to it. Um, I'm very crazy about that. I, you know, my husband always makes fun of me because I'm like, it's after whatever time it might be. I'm not talking about it. I'm not talking about it, whether it be business or anything that, that I don't, that may be stressful to me, I really make a point and sticking to it, you know, there's always going to be something. And I think you entrepreneurs know that business owners know that I could literally stay up all night working, but for what? Right. Right. So Mm -hmm. like that for me is super important knowing like what's important. What's not, we're off on Mondays, um, we're closed and we really take that day off. Like, but also I think if you love what you're doing, it's hard because it never really feels like work. Right. Right. So when I'm creating like an Instagram post, I'm like, oh, I kind of, I love this. This is fun. You know, um, where if you don't enjoy it, I would say, you know, hire someone that you don't enjoy. I don't enjoy cleaning very much. So I hire someone to do the cleaning. So I would say, look at different ways, find what you enjoy, do it. And then the other things, maybe hire somebody who does enjoy it. I imagine the products that you have access to, to use in your in your salon, Mm -hmm. so to speak, are Mm -hmm. so vast. How did you go about choosing the brands that you wanted to carry in the store and the products that you wanted to carry? I think that was actually probably one of the harder things that happened. Um, I've worked with so many product lines and I think something we hear a lot is like, if you're doing something for some reason, you think that's the best. And I I don't necessarily agree with that concept. There are good skincare lines. There's thousands of them. There are so many. So if you came in and said, I'm using this, this, and this, I would say, wow, that's great. You know, we're not pushing that type of feeling on you. I really wanted to support a woman owned business. One love was started by a mother, um, in the South Carolina area. So it's, it's local it's, um, USA made. And that was really important to me. I wanted it to be a smaller type brand. Um, a lot of people will talk about like medical grade skincare versus non-medical grade. I've worked with both and both have places in the marketplace, you know? And so that's really what it came down to. I also really like the idea. I know people don't like this word, but clean beauty, it's a very trigger word right now. I don't say that because I say that because when you genuinely look at one love as a brand, it is extremely important to the founder that the ingredients are actually what they are. And for me, that just made that product line work for so many people. And that's what we are. We're facials for all, you know? So I didn't want to have something that I couldn't use on everyone. And then I didn't feel good about using on anyone, everyone pregnant, you know, immunocompromised people have celiacs. I wanted it to be for everyone. Say there was someone who 
hasn't started their skincare journey at all. Yeah. What would you say the first step, if say they weren't, you know, in the area and they weren't able to experience Maison Glow, how would you suggest that they take their first step towards skincare? Well, I would say do research, honestly. Um, there's so many like skincare driven quizzes now and all these different things, but I'm really big and I've always been big on simplifying. There will always be a new treatment out, a new product out. Try to stay out of that. Simplify. So find a moisturizer, a sunscreen, and a facial wash you love. Find those. See how it works for you. Give it time. I'm not saying two days. I mean time, you know, because I think a lot of us will say, I don't really like that. And then, you know, you move on to the next thing. Give it time and find something simple. And then you can add your little active products here and there. Um, That's where I would start for sure. What is your personal, like, AM routine or skincare mm-hmm. routine, PM routine. So I'm very simple. Like I said before, I don't use, you know, people love retinols, people love all these things. I don't use a lot of it. I don't need it necessarily. Um, so for me, um, in the morning, I use it. I love an oil cleanse, which is something you probably experienced at Maison Glow. It's a dry cleanse and people are like, wait, what is this? So you're putting an oil on the face to cleanse and then you're taking it off with water. I love to do that morning and night. Um, I use a moisturizer every day, a sunscreen every morning, and then I use a C serum in the morning and an E at night. And that's pretty much it. If I'm feeling drier, I use a little bit more of whatever, but I keep it super, super simple. What do you use for a makeup remover? Um, so I do a double cleanse. So I do my oil cleanse first, and that will take off a lot of my makeup. And then you typically want to use like a gel or a foaming cleanser second. Um, and that's what I'll do. Amazing. I try not to use too many tools and all this because the reality is like you're traveling, whatever you're doing, like the more you simplify it, the more you're likely to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like life in general, right? Amen. Do you have, aside from skincare, what is your AM routine or your PM routine? Mm-hmm. My AM, my AM is a little hectic. I have to say, um, it's not my favorite part of the day. <laughs> it's just crazy. I'm trying to get stuff done. So my AM routine, I usually head to either a spin class, which I love to endorse cycle, or I'll do a training. I have a personal trainer and I'll go meet her in the morning. That's while husband and kids are sleeping. What time is that? Usually about 6.30 a.m. I'll go do that, get back. Um, By that time, I need to make lunches for the kids. I need to get myself ready. I need to get them ready for school, feed them breakfast. It is chaos. And I get them out. My husband usually takes them to school. I take a breath, finish what I need to do, and I head to Maison Gloves. That's my AM routine. Amazing. And what time do you get to Maison Glow? So we open at 10. So I get there about 9.30. Cool. Yeah. And then when do you close? We close at six. And are you there normally the whole day? Um, lately in the past year, because it's a new business. Yes. I'm trying to pull away a little bit more so that I have time to develop our second, you know, third locations. Um, but that can be hard too. I actually enjoy going there, but yeah, most days I'm there till six. Um, this year I'm making a little, I'm trying to make a little make it like 2.30 so that maybe I can get the kids from school and have a little bit more time with them, but it gets hard. And who helps manage the store while you're away? So um, I wouldn't say we have, obviously my sister is is a service provider there. So she's always there when I'm not vice versa. Um, but we have amazing employees. Like I, I love them. We always have such great people that work there. And really there's not necessarily a management component. The 
it can really run with a receptionist and estheticians. You don't need a manager there full time. That's amazing. How do you create um, employee unity, team unity, and you know motivate your your staff? Mm-hmm. I would say that's the hardest part of being a business owner is um, very important to me as a positive work culture. First and foremost, I've worked for such negative work cultures. Um, And so for me, that comes like top of the line. Um, And I think when I put that first, it just creates a positive environment to begin with, right? Very encouraging. I support everyone and not only their role at Maison Globe, but whatever their role might be after Maison Guo. So because um, the way we are set up, we don't, you know, they're not independent contractors. These are employees. So eventually a lot of them may outgrow us and and that is okay. You know, so I'm always giving like feedback and ways and like helping people figure out like what they may want to do next or if they want to stay with us because we're so new, there aren't a lot of opportunities for growth at the moment. Um, but eventually we would like to have managers and we would like to have people overseeing multiple locations. So for me, I think keeping people motivated would just be creating that environment where they want to come like positive. I don't want people to like not want to come in, feel like it's a negative space. Uh, and then also just like doing, you know, a lot of times you want to have dinner outside of work. You want to hang out outside of work. That's asking a lot of your employees. They already are with you a lot. So I'm just always trying to figure out a balance between all of those things. That's amazing. What other hobbies do you have or what other things besides your family, mm-hmm. besides your work, which I feel like that could take up the, you know, a lot of, a lot of time. Yeah. What other things do you do to bring yourself joy? Well, um, I love being on the water. So in Tampa Bay here, obviously we have the same accessible accessibility to the ocean. So I love to go boating. I love to spend time on the water. It's just something I really, really enjoy. Um, I also love to spend time with my, you know, my extended family, my dad, my other sister, my mom, um, my father-in-law. We do a lot of like dinners. We do like my dad's Vietnamese, which we talked about being half Asian. So we'll do like fun night on Sundays and everybody comes over and just hangs out. And I enjoy that. Um, I, that's some of the things I really enjoy and hanging out with friends, just kind of letting go. I like to have fun and I like to have dinners and go out for drinks and get a nice bottle of wine. So I think that's something that for me coming from LA and moving to Tampa, it's something that I noticed to be such a priority. Like people here want you, like the culture is for you to have a life outside of work. Oh yeah. And it's so encouraged here, which is so refreshing because, you know, in LA, at least in my world, it's very much just work, work, work. Yeah. And, and like, if you didn't, maybe you didn't want it that much, you know? Right. And so I am, like I said before, I am a stickler about work-life balance. It is so important to me. So making the time to, you know, I might be tired, but like committing to dinner, with my friends or committing to time, um, you know, we'll go on the boat or go to the beach or do whatever work is great. And we spend so much time at work, but like at the end of the day, you're working so you can enjoy your life. Right. So you can do things. So that's kind of what I think. I love that. You guys do such a great job at building, at building your, you've done such a great job at building your community. How do you approach clientele? And cause I feel like you have such a loyal customer base. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's really, 
interesting, intriguing, and also refreshing to know that, you know, when you're out with friends or with family, you know, outside of work, you're not necessarily talking about it. Yeah. So how do you lean into clienteling? Yeah. I was actually just talking about a girlfriend this morning who owns another local business. And um, some of my, some of my friends who own businesses, they're so good about talking about their business. And like, I have a girlfriend who we went to lunch the other day and she always leaves a business card, like in the receipt. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's so brilliant. For me, I'm, I really, you know, I could have probably grown even more vast if I really would have dove into heavy, heavy, heavy marketing, but I really wanted to create this like really select community of people who wanted to self-care, who wanted, who were making the choice for themselves. So I don't know, maybe we're lucky. I have no idea, but I also am very like selective about where I market, um, who I market with. Um, and then also I think as an entrepreneur, you know, we get invited to so many things, you know, this, this thing, set up a table here. Oh, will you do this? Will you do that? I'm very, I don't do it as much. Um, and maybe that's just me being selfish with my time. Probably some of it, you know. But it's also important to me for to not get burnt out and to really just like select the clientele that I'm looking. I want everyone to feel like they're our only client. You know what I mean? I want them to feel special. Well, I think that's refreshing because I find that especially female and uh, you know female entrepreneurs will reach burnout over and over and over again. I know that's so. Yeah. That is certainly my story. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I find it so inspiring that you made so many decisions about your business Mm -hmm. before going into it to say, actually, this is the life that I want to live. And yes, this is the business that I want to create, but within the constructs of my greater life. Yeah. Where did that perspective come from? I just did not want to get burned out. I know my personality. And so for me, I knew that if I pushed, you know, my husband will always say, oh my God, you don't want to go do that event. And I'll say, I mean, I do, but I know like I've been at work all day. And right. like, so then I push myself to go to that event and I'm, am I really showing up as my, my whole self? And maybe you're depleted for the next day. You're depleted for the next day. And I think we have a lot of pressure. Something I actually do really struggle with is like, oh my God, I need to, I need to grow faster. I, I, you know, oh my God, I need to get to this. I need to get to my second location. I need to get my third. I need to do, do, do. And it's a lot right? Like, I'm sure you struggle with that all the time. Like, oh my God, I need to, in jewelry, you're also following so many trends. It's like, oh, I need to figure out like the next necklace or the next earring to come out. And it's like never ending. It's never ending. It's never ending. Interestingly enough, I found that, you know, because I do a lot of business consulting as well. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the ways that I guide my clients is the way that I have, you know, ultimately guided myself. Mm -hmm. And I find it so refreshing that, you know, what you want your company to be. And you know, the essence of your company, because for example, for myself and a lot of my clients, we, you know, started out saying, this is what we want to create. And then we got distracted on the way, you know, yeah. on the way, or there, you know, there was some, Ooh, something shiny. And then we try this, oh, and then we try this, and then we try this. Mm-hmm. And at the end of, at the end of 2020, uh, we had upward of 500 SKUs. There was very little cohesion, you know, yeah. so much stuff. The- You're like, we could do that. We could do that. So much stuff. And I felt the mm-hmm. pressure of like, you know, the proverbial fashion calendar of mm-hmm. being like, you have to come out with, you know, this amount of product every season. Da, da. And I was, I was designing not from a place of creativity, but from a place of, you know, necessity, necessity. You know, 100%. Like, like, 
like perceived necessity, right? From the industry. Yeah. Like, oh, you're not doing that. Well then are you doing anything? Exactly. So at the end of the year, I was like, nope, putting the kibosh on everything. We're getting super, super granular. Let's back it up and start from the beginning. And so I feel that, you know, I just, I look at the way that you operate in your life and in your business. And I find it to be so refreshing and something that I know so many other business owners, especially female business owners would really, really benefit from of saying, no, you actually, you don't, you don't have to reach burnout. Yeah, you don't. And I think, you know, a lot of people look at our business. I, I have people ask me this every day. Well, why don't you do this? Well, that's not what we do. It's not, it's not, us. you know, or why don't you, why don't you do lasers or why don't you do injectables? Well, that's just not what we're doing. There are amazing places I can refer you to that do phenomenal jobs. But the knowing that when we started, I did not want to do it all. Wow. And I don't, I still don't. I want to really, really focus on what we wanted, which was the simplification of just self-care and skincare. And that can be hard because you look at it as a business person, you're like, well, you can make more money. But at the end of the day, are you going to, you know, like I'm sure you released all of those different, and now you just have so much to choose from. Like, it's too much. It's too much. Just focusing on what you want and like being really brand identified. Like this is who we are. And like, I'm sitting here with a lot of your beautiful jewelry around (laughs) and I can see your brand and that's important. You know, I can see what, you know, what you're trying to convey, the type of jewelry, the feeling you want people to feel. I think that's important. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of hard decisions, you know, making the decisions that do map to brand that don't necessarily map to more money in the short term, but Mm -hmm. map to brand in the long run. I mean, our, you know, Q1 of this year was very quiet Mm -hmm. compared to the years prior because we were really, really hyper-focused on bringing the brand back to its roots. And I love that. And so it was a choice that I made and I was like, all right, we're going to, you know, we're going to put some more money on the credit cards. We're going to sacrifice. We're going to have to, you know, make some decisions and it's going to be a hard one. And not to say that the business isn't thriving and it's not abundant. That's not what I'm saying. It's that the P&L sheet looked different from years prior because our focus shifted so that we could then, you know, crush it in quarters to come looking long-term right yes. I think a lot of people scramble short-term it's so hard especially if you are self-funded mm-hmm. um and it's stressful you know you're like why am I doing this you know you're you're looking at short-term gain when you really need to look at a long if that's your if that's your business model you know for me it is about 10 years from now and it is about five years from now it's it's not always now and I think that's a hard thing to to balance, like really choosing, you know, how often do you look at your business or take inventory of what you're Mm -hmm. doing and go, I like this or I don't, or Mm -hmm. how, how frequently do you map to the future and think, you know, two, five, 10 years in advance? Um, I would say do it monthly, to be honest. I have a really good, um, financial, uh, advisors here in Tampa Bay and they do a lot of my kind of bookkeeping, but also, you know, showing me what we're doing, how we're doing, what we could improve on. Um, I take a look at that a lot. I don't hyper-focus because I know time is really important as a business. You, you need time. You know, if you're new, you need time. If you're rolling out a new strategy, you need time. It's not just going to happen. So I give a lot of grace to myself and to the business a ton. That's so great. They say that it often takes five years to become profitable, like Mm -hmm. truly profitable. Mm -hmm. Do you find yourself still putting money back into the business Mm -hmm. or do you find the business is 
you know, completely profitable at this point. At this point, it's completely profitable. It's amazing. It's incredible. I even actually, it's still like mind blowing to me when I had a meeting, um, with, you know, our accountants a few months ago, they were like, Oh, we never saw this being what it is. And, you know, I was a little like, Oh, okay. (laughs) But also I was like, Oh, okay. You know, like, um, and for me owning a business with my sister, it's so important that I just, I just want us both to be happy and I want our employees to be happy. And I want this to be something we're genuinely proud of profit aside. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just gone crazy. We paid off like our initial build out and fees like within, you know, the year. Um, but I was also, I'm very like specific. I try not to let outside everything that's going on around us influence me too much. Cause you'll see the other place post that they're doing this and right. like, Oh, shit, should we be doing that? You know? And when we had our one year, I'm like, are you going to throw a big party? And I thought, well, that would be cool, but I'm going to spend, you know, what, a couple grand on a big party when, why? Right. I think there's little decisions you have to make, you know, what's important to you. And for me, um, I wanted to celebrate with my staff. So I ended up taking them. We went on a little trip to New Orleans and how fun. It was so fun. Um, we did dinner and like, I wanted to thank them. Um, and, and that will always change, right? Who I have as employees, but I wanted, you know, I didn't want to make it all about look at us, right? Because that is a decision you have to make as a business owner, you know, is the grand opening party really worth it? You know, it is the catering really worth it? Is this really worth it? It's so true. It's so true. I mean, I've done events where we've spent thousands of dollars and, and they really haven't done much. And then I've done events where it was all collaborative, you know, between different brands. And then we like crushed it. So you also in today's landscape, you also never know how an event's going to turn out. People don't like to be to, to make plans. Right. Right. So anything they have to RSVP to, I've learned, and I did that really early on. I knew we, I didn't want to be disappointed. I saw my girlfriends go through it where they had this huge event and like five people showed up and you're like, Oh, okay. I'm here. My time is money. I spent all this money and I had five people show up, you know, so unpredictable. It's so unpredictable. unpredictable. So for me, it's just not where I focus. I just don't focus my energy on that. Some people do, and it works out really well for them. It's just not where I focus energy. I love the fact that you pour into your employees in that way. I think that's so important. And especially as a young brand, Mm -hmm. um, and I say this both as a friend, but also someone, in, you know, in your corner yeah. and someone who has, you know, a similar business size, like it's so important. And I just, I really adore and respect that so much that you, yeah. that you love on your employees. It's very important. It's important. I also think, you know, I was driving here and I was thinking about how important it is to, I think there's a stigma now as an, a business owner, like, and as an employee, like, it's okay if you don't stay with Maison Glow forever. I don't expect it from you. Right. You know what I mean? But while you're with us, like, really enjoy it. Enjoy the time, enjoy the experience, um, enjoy the knowledge, grow, you know, but it's okay. I, I don't have those feelings of, oh my God, she's leaving or, oh, she's doing this. Like I'm okay with that. And I think once you let that go as a, a business owner, it gives you freedom. Absolutely. I was so traumatized, I would say, in my early career of, oh, yeah. you know, being in the fashion industry and just like the old school fashion mentality of, you know, cutthroat. And if you're not with me, then you're against me and that whole thing. And I yeah. knew that I was like, this is not the environment mm-hmm. that I want to create. And our new um, 
our head of ops got coached, which in my opinion, I was like, it's the biggest compliment because I was like, you know, this is clearly, you know, a part of her journey of how amazing she is. Like right. someone else saw that talent and was like, oh, I want that. Um, so she got poached and we sent her flowers and it was like such a yeah. joyous send off. And she was like, an employer's never done this for me. And I was like, yeah, first and foremost, we're human. Like yeah. we have to just be kind to each other. And also, why would I not be excited for yeah. you? And I, similarly, it's hard. It's, it's a selfless thing. But similarly, I don't expect everyone to, the only person that ultimately we can count on at the end of the day is ourselves. hundred percent. Yeah. And so whether that, you know, is an employee or a family member or whatever, mm-hmm. like, I just, I'm okay with people not, people last a season, there's a season, a reason or a lifetime, right? And a hundred people might not be with your company for forever and that's okay. They might make space for someone who's even better for you that you didn't even know could be better for you. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. And also, you know, knowing when people are ready to go to like encouraging that growth, because, you know, that's the other flip side. You really don't want an employee who doesn't want to be there. You know what I mean? Like you have to balance both of those things. I think it's a lot of things that's not talked about as a business owner. I think we, you know, skate around employees because, you know, we're just nervous. We're just nervous all the time. You know, you know, you don't want to upset them. You don't want to do this. You also, you know, want to show that you're happy for them, but not too happy. You know what I mean? It's like all of these things. And so I literally said this yesterday. I was like, if I know I'm coming from a kind place, which I am, no one can fault me for that. Right. And whenever I have those little thoughts in the back of my head, I just, that's knowing me, you know what I mean? Like, don't know that's negative. This is what you have to think. Let's refocus on the positive. Refocus. I love that. Well, I adore you. And somehow it's already been an hour. Oh, that was easy. Um, I could do this all day. Right. <laughs> like, let's, uh, I feel like we could do a whole, a whole season on just We're you and I. Seriously. Chatting, right. Um, where can we find you? How can we support you? Yeah. So you can find me at Maison Glow, which is M-A-I-S-O-N-G-L-O, no W, on Instagram. Um, and that's where you'll find us. Amazing. And we can, can we buy products online as well? And you can buy products online, cool. support us from a different distance. And also like, you know, make a little vacation. Tampa Bay is pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. The best decision of my adult life is moving to Tampa. <laughs> so, so beautiful. I, I will vouch for that statement. Well, I adore you. Thank you so much for being here. And your story is incredible. And you're just such an inspiration. Thank you. You are so welcome. A special thank you to our guest, Amy Dressen, for coming on the show. Another thank you to our hosts at Dash Radio and our producers at Island City Media. If you liked this episode, you can listen to it again on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review so we can continue bringing you the content that you love. And lastly, if you want to connect with me offline, you can find me at Marin Costello and Marin Costello Radio on Instagram. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Wishing you a wonderful weekend and we will see you next week. of girl that likes to play A little suntan lotion might catch a ray I never been the one to run from the rain And when I go out I always leave a tip, baby Keep the change